How many of you guys know what Blue Crew is? Blue Crew here at the University of Memphis. Blue Crew, if you've not heard of it, is like, how do you describe Blue Crew? It helps people get hyped up for spirit sporting events, Memphis Tiger spirit stuff uh, on campus, get people excited about football, get people excited about basketball uh, and other sporting events. Just get, get that school spirit going, right? So if you're not like full on Memphis Tigers mode, they're going to help you get like from here to here, right? One of, the, one of the events that they do, one of the things they do is called uh, the Spirit Swap. Have you guys heard of this? And if you're like a freshman, it's your first year, you may have not, not heard of this so much. The Spirit Swap, uh, and, and actually I emailed the director of Blue Crew, and they're, they're supposed to be doing one of these on campus tomorrow. Uh, ignore that 11.30 time. I pulled that off like an old Instagram post of theirs. Uh, but at some, some point tomorrow uh, on campus, they're doing one of these Spirit Swaps things. And what the Spirit Swaps thing is, is you can take your, uh, your T-shirt, your hat, your whatever from, from some other team that you want to exchange, right? You take it to, to the Blue Crew table, and they'll get you a, uh, a nice, clean, new uh, Memphis shirt or something to wear uh, to get you excited, right? Uh, and that, that's what the spirit swap is. You can exchange. I think they'll probably still give you a shirt even if you don't have something to exchange. Uh, but the idea is like, is to, yeah, yeah, get, get rid of that, get rid of that whatever else you're rooting for and, and get some good Tiger stuff on, right? To, to exchange, and it's, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Because uh, they want you to have, they want you to have some Memphis gear. Right? They want you to have some Tiger gear to wear to, to the football game, uh, to, to wear on, or on campus and get excited. Right? It's a free exchange. And so I talk, I talk about that, uh, not just because, yeah, go Tigers, even though I'm pretty excited about the Tigers. Uh, pretty excited about our 1-0 record and our victory over Ole Miss. I'm excited about all of those things. Uh, but, but just to get us thinking about the idea uh, of an exchange, tonight we're talking about a different kind of exchange. Uh, not just exchanging away an old T-shirt. Um, from a uh, subpar uh, university <laughs> fandom, right? Not just talking about that. Uh, talking about exchanging um, in something a little more deep, a little more meaningful. Exchanging uh, in the burdens, the heaviness of life. Uh, exchanging that for peace and rest in Christ. That's what we're talking about tonight. I'm going to pray, uh, and then we're going to jump into it. If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 11. Uh, and if you don't have your Bibles, it's okay. Uh, the, the scripture is going to be up there, up there on the screen. I'm going to pray, and then we can look at it together. Father God, again, thank you for an opportunity to be uh, with the family of Chi Alpha. Thank you for what you're doing in each student's life. Uh, pray that you would uh, bless this time, God. Holy Spirit, you would speak what you want spoken. Holy Spirit, you prepare each of our hearts to receive your word, to receive what you want us to learn. Uh, help me to communicate, God, and uh, just speak only what you want spoken. God, would you be glorified? Jesus, would you be exalted? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want you guys to think about what is the most tired you have ever been in your entire life, right? The most tired you have ever been in your entire life. Some, somebody, somebody said they... Uh, Nadia, I think said, felt like we're already on week seven, right? <laughs> or do you have any, what's the most tired you've ever been? Oh, I'm sorry. I just have a question about Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, what verse? Yeah. It's Matthew chapter 11, and we're going to be in verse 27. Yeah, 11, 27. The most tired you've ever been. Were you going to say something? I played, in, I played football in high school. Yeah. And I had bronchitis for like two weeks. So you're already sick, and then you're doing like a long football practice. Yeah, I had bronchitis, and it got worse like throughout the week, and I had to play That'll do it. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's from uh, an all-nighter. Dude, what's that? It was also in the late game. So travel and sick and playing hard. Yeah, for sure. Um, maybe you had to do an all-nighter. Write a paper, study for a test. You didn't sleep all night. Maybe you had to do back-to-back all-nighters. I do not recommend that. Uh, your body needs sleep, right? It needs it. And uh, it, it'll be real bad without it. Um, so 
Uh, I have a couple examples that I thought of, times that I was super, super tired. One of those is after our children were born. Uh, man, some of you guys maybe not realize babies don't like to sleep. Um, every once in a while, you'll get a baby that sleeps and gives you several hours of sleep at night. That was not Thomas, right? That was not our baby. Uh, our, <laughs> our baby would, would sleep like these little increments and then mostly just cry and scream. Uh, so, so Jack and I weren't able to sleep at night uh, and, and felt like a zombie, right? Just, just all, all, all day long and have, have not, not getting but just a few little winks of sleep here and there. That was a very tired season, right? A very exhausting season. And, and even though I'm so thankful for this cute little baby, this blessing from the Lord, uh, it's tough to enjoy life when you are just exhausted all the time. It's tough to get the fullness of joy from your relationships and conversations and enjoy just day-to-day stuff when it's like, all I really want, all I really want is some sleep, right? I would trade anything at all, anything at all, if I could just get some sleep, right? Uh, another, another sleepy, uh, really exhausting, Exhausted, tired time I thought of. Um, uh, some of you guys are familiar with Memphis does a thing, the St. Jude Marathon that's downtown. Uh, my, my wife's a runner. She likes to run. Um, and she also coaches cross country, a cross country team for kids. Um, and and I've, I've done the, the St. Jude Marathon a couple times. Um, I want to say the first year I ever did it. So first time I ever running. It's, it's a long race, right? It's 26 miles uh, running downtown around Memphis. And at the end of that, I was tired beyond tired. I was just, you know, tired didn't even begin to begin to cover it. Absolutely uh, exhausted. I just wanted to go crawl up somewhere and sleep for eight, eight days. Uh, and, and I was so, so, so exhausted to the point. I mean, sometimes when you're tired, your decision making is impaired. Have you guys ever experienced that? Yes. Um, the, the kids have been begging uh, for months, for years to, to get a dog. Right. And, and I was like, man, it was not a top priority for me to get a pet. I was like, no, we can't get a pet because the apartment we're in, right? They don't allow pets, and uh, we'll have to wait until we move into a house. And, and, oh, this is not a good season because this is going on, or this, this is going on with Kyle. It's not a good time to get a pet. Uh, after that marathon, all my defenses were worn down. I was exhausted. I was super chilled out. They, they could ask for anything. Uh, we, went, we went by Target to get something I don't remember what. Uh, and these two teenagers were standing out in front. They had a, a puppy, right? They, they lived on a farm. Someone had, had left this dog on their doorstep. They were giving it away, just wanted to give it a good home. Uh, so, so Jackie and all the kids teamed up against me and said, hey, can we just adopt this dog? It's a free dog. We just have this dog. And I was so tired that I finally relented. I said yes and, uh, and welcomed Casey uh, into our lives. And that dog has been, uh, she's cute, but she's given me, she's been a source of stress <laughs> in my life. My decision making was impaired because I was exhausted. Um, what's the most tired you've ever been? I mean, life, life has a way of wearing us down, right? And sometimes it's like single moments that, that wear us out, but just life in general can take its toll on us, right? Uh, just going through the day-to-day of school, of work, of relationships, and family drama, and just all the different things, financial stress and pressures, uh, and life takes its toll, and it's exhausting. And maybe we're not doing all-nighters or, or playing football games with bronchitis or, or running marathons, but just living is a lot, right? And sometimes... Now, we might be like, like the, the last two pictures there, right, where the guy's like on 25%, some of us maybe on 0%, where it's just like life is a lot. And anxiety builds up and, and depression and stress and other pressures, and, and we are just worn out, worn out by life. Life has a way of wearing us down, leaving us physically exhausted, emotionally weary, and sometimes spiritually empty. And it's relentless. It doesn't stop. You can't be like life... I need the next day or two off, right? Can we just pause everything? No class, no homework, no bills due, just none of it. I just need to pause so I can catch my breath. Life doesn't do that, right? It just keeps going, and it's relentless, uh, and it's exhausting. And that is why it's so profoundly encouraging that Jesus offers us 
an invitation to find rest, real, true, meaningful rest in Him. And so we're going to kick off a brand new series tonight simply called Rest. Rest, right? And we're going to talk about rest, the rest that God extends to us uh, and how we can experience the fullness of the rest and peace that He has for us in every area of our lives. Right? How we can experience the fullness of His rest, of His peace, and just the day-to-day living. Right? Just the day-to-day monotony of, uh, of school and work and relationships, all these things. How we can experience His peace, His rest, and that. How we can experience His rest and freedom from fear and anxiety and depression and those kind of weights that weigh on us. How we can experience rest and peace from just the busyness, the pace of life. That's what we're going to be talking about the first, uh, these first couple weeks of the new semester. And we're kicking off uh, that tonight talking about rest. Talking about rest. So uh, we're looking tonight at the Gospel of Matthew. That's where we're going to start uh, in our series. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11. Uh, um, Matthew's going to be the first book there in the New Testament. Matthew uh, was one of Jesus' disciples, one of uh, Jesus' 12 12 apostles. Uh, And he records the teachings of Jesus, major life events in the life of Jesus. Uh, And at the point where we're picking up in Matthew's Gospel, uh, Jesus has been ministering for a little while now. He's been preaching about the kingdom of God. He's been performing forming miracles throughout Galilee, um, and he's teaching normal, everyday people about the kingdom of God, uh, teaching normal, everyday people about who God is, what God wants from our lives, and how they can experience fullness of life and a relationship with God through him. Um, he's teaching people about God, telling people about God's love for them. If you have never been told before, God loves you. Hopefully that's good news to somebody, right? That God loves you. He loves you. He wants to have a relationship with you. So this is, this is what Jesus is doing. He's ministering throughout the countryside. And when we pick up here in Matthew chapter 11, uh, the verse right before where we're going to jump in tonight, Matthew chapter 11, uh, a couple verses before in verse 25. It's not up there, but this is a prayer that Jesus prays, right? Jesus prays this prayer. He says, Matthew 11, verse 25, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these deep spiritual truths from those who think they are clever and wise and instead choosing to reveal them to those with childlike faith in you. He prays to God. says, God, thank you for what you're doing. And thank you that that you're choosing to reveal these deep spiritual truths about the kingdom of God, about the character of God to just regular folks, right? To just everyday people. Uh, You're you're not only revealing yourself to to the super smart philosophers and theologians and scholars. Who's thankful for that, right? You're not just revealing yourself to super religious people. Uh, In fact, uh, man, their their minds were kind of closed to those things. They couldn't quite understand what Jesus was talking about. The ministry Jesus was doing did not look like what they thought the Messiah coming to earth would look like, right? So it was hidden from them, but God was revealing it through Christ to just regular, everyday people, me and you, right? That didn't have 18 doctorates and letters after our name, right? There weren't these scholars that had studied and had the Old Testament memorized and knew theology and philosophy backwards and forwards and just regular everyday people. He says, God, thank you, Father, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you that you're revealing these deep spiritual truths to regular everyday people who have a childlike faith in you. And so after he prays that prayer... He then says this to the people around him. And that's where we're going to pick up Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 27. Let's take a look at it. Matthew chapter 11, starting in verse 27, Jesus says, My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Right, so in the prayer right before this, Jesus prayed to God. He said, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, right? 
And this same father, he's now identifying as his father, right? He makes it personal. And God, you are my father. He identifies himself uh, not just as another good teacher or rabbi or prophet, but as the son of God, the son of God. He says, no one even truly knows the father except the son and whom the son chooses to reveal him. Jesus says he's the son of God. Not only that, he says that everything has been entrusted to him. Everything must submit to Jesus. Now, this is a huge claim to make, right? This is a, a huge, huge claim to make to say, I'm the son of God. And everything in existence must submit to me, right? That's an absurd claim to make if you're anybody but Jesus, right? Uh, man, it, it's, it's a statement like that that got a lot of people upset with Jesus. It's a statement like that and, and ones like it throughout the Gospels uh, that got Jesus eventually arrested and publicly executed uh, for claiming to be God. And, and it would be absolutely ridiculous, absolutely absurd for anyone else to claim to be God. But then Jesus backed it up, right? He didn't just say it. He backed it up with miracles, and he healed the sick, right? He fed crowds of thousands of people. He walked on water. He raised the dead. Biggest miracle of all, later when he is put to death and crucified, publicly executed in front of, in front of the people, three days later, he raises from the dead, appearing to hundreds of eyewitnesses, right? Uh, saying that, hey, when, when Jesus claims to be the Son of God, he is who he says he is, right? He's, he's, not, he's not a crazy person, right? He's not just a, a really wise teacher, uh, but he's the son of God. And that, that's the important takeaway there when, when Jesus says, God, you're my father and I'm your son and no one really knows you except those I reveal you to. Jesus says, I'm the son of God and I'm also the key to having a relationship with God. In the gospel of John, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. He says no one else is even going to be able to come to God except through me. That's how Jesus identifies himself to us. And again, that would be an absolutely bonkers claim for anyone else to make, right? But then Jesus backs it up with miracles. He backs it up by raising from the dead. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, right, would we still be talking about him today? Man, maybe, we'd be, maybe you'd study him in your, in your philosophy class. Oh, these really profound teachings that this rabbi had 2,000 years ago. Maybe you'd study it in your ethics class or your morality class. Oh, these, these ethical principles are really deep and profound. Or maybe it'd be like a little footnote in your history book. Hey, there in, in uh, ancient Israel, right, in this Roman province, there was this rabbi and he got a following. But if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, right, you wouldn't have churches all over the world, right, that, that, that are worshiping him as God. You wouldn't have two and a half billion with a B, and people here in the world that, that, that are, are devoted to Jesus, to worship Jesus, to believe on him as the son of God. Um, it's this resurrection, this miracle where he proves he's the son of God uh, to hundreds of eyewitnesses that began kind of the cascade effect of really transforming the world, transforming human civilization, transforming lives, transforming my life, transforming many of y'all's uh, lives uh, as your life connects with Jesus and Jesus connects you to the Father. Jesus says that Everything uh, must submit to Jesus. Everything. God has put him over all of it. All of your problems, all of your struggles, all of your finances, all of it has to submit to Jesus. Is that good news? Uh, our pastor puts it this way. Uh, we're, we're jacking to church. He says, um, you know, whatever, however big your problems are, they're still under God's feet. Right? It doesn't matter how, how high your problems are, they're still under God's feet. It's still, it's still not, not too big for God to handle. Amen? Um, Jesus says, everything's been entrusted to me. He's Lord over all of it. And that includes man, our, our struggles. It includes our anxiety, our depression, our financial struggles, our relational struggles, our brokenness, all of it. We can trust it to Jesus. He's Lord over all of it. And again, not only that, 
he says, no one's really going to be able to know God unless they first know me, right? He says, the beginning of relationship with God comes first with knowing Jesus. Continuing on in verse 28. Then Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Right? That's, our, that's our main verse for this series. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. He says, I want to make an exchange. Right? A better exchange than what Blue Crew is going to do tomorrow afternoon, right? Uh, a better exchange than like an old t-shirt for, for a new, some new Tiger's gear. He says, come to me with all of the burdens of life, right? Come to me, all who are weary. Who's that? Who's the weary? That's everybody, right? Life is tough, right? Life chews you up. It spits you out. It, it's relentless. It tears down everybody, all of us. Man, come to God uh, weary, needing his peace, needing his rest, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, all you who carry heavy burdens. Um, man, the kind of burdens that we carry around in life, the burdens of, of, of anxiety, of stress, of, man, am I going to measure up to the standards uh, you know, of, my, of my professors, of my friends, of my parents, of my family? Uh, am I going to measure up? Am I going to fall short? Am I enough? Right? That, that pressure, that stress, am I going to pass my classes? Am I going to have to retake calculus again? Right? Am I going to have to, am I going to make it? Am I, am I going to be able to get that internship? Am I going to be able to make it into the nursing program? Am I going to be able to get that job? Right? Am I going to be able to make it in this life? The pressure, the stress, that's a heavy burden. That's a weight, man. All of us are carrying to some degree, right? The weight of anxiety, of stress, of pressure, of worry. Jesus says, if that's you and you're carrying around that burden, come to me. Come to me. Man, some of us are carrying burdens of, of guilt, of shame, man, stuff that we've done in the past that we're embarrassed about, uh, that we're ashamed of, stuff that we knew was wrong. We knew it was wrong when we did it. Uh, and we're living with that, right? We're carrying that guilt, carrying that shame, and it becomes a heavy burden to us. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. I want to exchange that burden for rest, for peace, right? And whatever your burden is may be different than your neighbor's burden, uh, but, but Jesus says, I want to take that burden. I want to make that exchange. Uh, I want to give you my peace instead. He makes that amazing offer uh, to us. He says, uh, take my yoke upon you. What in the world is a yoke? Y-O-K-E, yoke. Not, not yolk, well, like what comes out of an egg, but yoke. Y-O-K-E, yoke. What is a yoke? I've got a picture up here of, of a yoke. Uh, a yoke is a farming tool, right? So this is something, uh, a, a wooden harness that you would put onto animals that are going to pull a plow. They're going to pull farming equipment. So typically two, uh, two oxen or, or cattle, uh, you would harness them to this yoke, Y-O-K-E, yoke. And then they would, pull, uh, they, they would pull a plow. They would do some hard work, right? So uh, life is hard work, right? Life, like we said, is exhausting. It's relentless. It's hard work. All of us have some kind of yoke. Uh, that's that burden, man, that, that, we're, that we're plowing through life. We're trying to get through life. All of us have a yoke on us. Uh, Jesus says, hey, I'll trade you, right? I'll take that yoke that you're carrying. I've got a better one. It's easier. It's lighter. It's gentler. It's designed just for you. Let me take that one you've got. Let me exchange you for something better, right? Take my yoke upon you. It's going to be better. It's going to be better. Each and every one of us are carrying some kind uh, of yoke. So 
kind of interesting thing about yokes uh, as I was studying this. What was, what was Jesus' profession before becoming a, a traveling preacher? Do you guys know? He is, a, he is a carpenter, a woodworker. The, uh, the Greek word there, it can be translated artisan. Um, he was an artist. Where's the artist in the house? Right? Uh, so so nothing, nothing wrong with you, you, uh, you know, right brain, the mathematicians, the accountants and stuff. Uh, but, but yeah, Jesus would have been an artisan. His father, uh, uh, Joseph, yeah, was an artisan, some kind of craftsman. Uh, man, typically in our English Bibles, I guess translated carpenter, worked with wood. Um, what, what did he make? Well, we don't know, right? Uh, he probably didn't build houses. Houses there in ancient Israel were made of like stone and clay with thatched roofs. But maybe furniture, maybe tables, chairs. Uh, I mean, some people think maybe farming equipment. Uh, there, there was a guy who lived in the second century named Justin Martyr. Uh, and he said that he had heard Jesus crafted yokes, right? He, this is one of the things he would make out of wood as a, as a carpenter, make these, uh, make these yokes. Other, other Christian historians and not, that, I, don't, I don't know if that's, that's true or if, I don't know if we have a lot of evidence of that, but it's at least possible, right? It's at least possible. Maybe, maybe one of the things he crafted was, was farming equipment like this. And it makes sense because Jesus uses a lot of farming analogies as you read the gospel, right? A lot of agricultural uh, analogies uh, with, with his, uh, in, in his sermons, in his parables, a lot of kind of farming analogies, agricultural analogies. Maybe Jesus made yokes. I don't know, right? I don't know. But it's something interesting uh, to think about, right? That Jesus would have been familiar with this. Certainly his audience would have been familiar with it. Uh, maybe half you guys walking in here maybe never even heard the word yoke before. But his audience would have been Really familiar with that. Maybe even on the countryside where, where he was teaching. Uh, who knows? Maybe there's some oxen pull, pulling, you know, with, with the yoke, pulling a plow, plowing up a field. Uh, and Jesus says, man, I want to take your yoke, right? I want to take the, these burdens, these things that weigh you down as you're plowing through life. That these things that are kind of cutting into you and they're a burden. They're, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're making life tough and unbearable and you're exhausted and you're weary. And let me take that. And there's not an option. He doesn't give an option to have no yoke at all, right? I'm not just going to take that away and then I guess you frolic free through, through the field, right? Life is always going to be a struggle till, till heaven, right? It's always going to be work. Um, but it doesn't have to be work that breaks you down and crushes you into the dust, right? That life can be meaningful. It can have value. You can experience the rest of God and the peace of God in your day-to-day life when you take on his yoke to do that work. Right? When you take on his yoke that he says uh, is gentle, he says it's light, he says it's easy to bear, um, that's the kind of yoke man, G- Jesus wants to put on you. Um, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle and you'll find rest for your souls. Jesus has learned from me. Right? Learn from my teachings. Some of you guys may have come in here from all different kind of backgrounds and that's okay. Sometimes we say again and again is everyone is welcome in Chi Alpha. You don't have to be a Christian. We're going to talk about Jesus, going to talk about the Bible, but people from all kinds of backgrounds come. You may not know how you feel about God or not sure what you believe about those kind of things. Um, but see, if, see if Jesus is telling the truth here. When he says, learn from me, man, study the teachings of Jesus. Maybe put some of those teachings into practice and see if he's telling the truth when he says this is a better way to live, right? This is a less stressful way to live, right? This is a way to live where your life can be fuller uh, and more meaningful and you can experience more peace. He says, I want to give you rest for your soul. Rest for your soul. Um, he wants to give you a better yoke that's light and easy to bear. Uh, some of you guys maybe growing up had, a, had backpacks maybe that didn't fit well, right? Uh, you may, maybe you, you got bigger and the backpack didn't, or you were still little and, and you got the big backpack. Some, some of these kids walk around and I think they've got 18 books, like a whole library in their backpack, and, and the kid doesn't even weigh 30 pounds, and, and the thing's weighing him down, surely cutting into his shoulders uh, and stuff. And, yeah, back, an ill-fitting backpack. You know, that, that kind of harness on you can dig into your shoulders. That's uncomfortable, 
Um, I mentioned Jackie coaches cross country and she runs a lot. If any of you guys ever run or did a sport, what happens if your shoes do not fit well, right? You get blisters in your feet. Some of you guys maybe lost toenails doing cross country or something like, if you don't have well-fitting shoes, uh, it can tear up your feet. It can cause other injuries, problems in your ankles, your knees, your hips. Uh, and not having equipment that fits well can cause damage to your body. And it's the same way in life. Jesus says, some of you guys are carrying burdens. You're carrying a yoke that does not fit you well. Why does it not fit you well? It's because you're carrying stuff you were never designed to carry. I mean, the, the, the burdens we were talking about, all of that stress and pressure, anxiety, depression, all that guilt, all that shame, God did not design you to carry that. I mean, your, your Father in Heaven does not want you to walk around carrying that. It's not designed for you. So, yeah, it's going to make life exhausting and uncomfortable. God doesn't want you to carry that. God says, let me carry that. I've got a yoke for you that's a lot better. That's going to be easier to bear. Uh, that's going to be gentle. And learn from me. I've got something better for you. I want to make that exchange. Uh, let me take that ill-fitting burden. Let me exchange it. Um, let me exchange it for my peace, for my rest. Uh, and, and so, so that, that exchange is kind of, kind of where we're, we're, we're kicking off this series, talking about that exchange, um, beginning to enter into God's rest, entering into God's peace exchanging that yoke uh, for his yoke. And, that, and that's, that's really what I want us to focus on uh, tonight. And again, I don't, I don't know what that burden may look like for you. Maybe you are prone to stress and anxiety uh, and, and depression and just the pressure of all that is tough to shake and, and, and just living life is not enjoyable because of all that pressure. Uh, and and that, that's pressure, again, Jesus wants to take. It's a burden he wants to take and he wants to give you rest uh, and peace instead. Maybe you're carrying around guilt or shame uh, about your past, uh, or about, about stuff man, that's in your life right now, uh, stuff that you feel guilty of, you feel ashamed of, but you don't know what to do with. And God wants to take that. He wants to take that guilt, take that shame. He wants to forgive you and make you clean, make you brand new, give you a fresh start. Some of you guys can walk out of this room tonight, a brand new fresh start in God, a new creation, uh, a new creation in Christ. Um, and that, that, that's the exchange he wants to make. Uh, some of you guys, if you have never, ever put your trust in Jesus before, that's how that exchange takes place. Like how, you know, Matt, where do I sign up, right? Where do I sign up to, to trade away all these burdens, to, to, to give them over to God and, and receive his yoke instead? How do I receive that? Um, and that's something we receive by putting our faith in Jesus. You know, we said Jesus, uh, man, man, he, he lived, he ministered, he performed miracles uh, because, because of these claims about being the son of God. He made enemies of many religious people. Uh, who had him eventually arrested and publicly executed. Uh, when Jesus died there, nailed to, to a wooden cross, God worked a miracle, the greatest miracle in all of human civilization. And in that moment, as Jesus is hanging there on the cross, uh, God takes all of the punishment that I deserve, that you deserve for everything we've ever done wrong and lays it on Jesus instead. So that when we put our faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross, we can receive grace and mercy and forgiveness from God instead. That's the great exchange. Saying, Jesus, instead of me trying to earn my way to heaven or trying to do more good than bad, which, I mean, at the end of the day is impossible. We all fall short. Instead, I want to put my trust in Jesus who lived the perfect life. Jesus who, who, who died a death in my place, took my punishment so I can receive forgiveness from God. When we put our faith in Jesus that way, God promises to forgive all our sin and adopt us into the family of God as a son, as a daughter. Right? We've got an eternal home in heaven with God. We have eternal life. Uh, in, in him. It's his free gift for you. That's the exchange, man. You trade him, your sin, your failure, your guilt, your shame. You trade him and he gives you forgiveness and grace and mercy and a fresh start. 
right? A brand new, clean heart. When he looks at you, he doesn't see your failures. He doesn't see your mistakes. He sees his precious daughter, his precious son, whom he loves, right? That's the exchange God wants to make. And it's when we receive that forgiveness, that grace, that we enter into that relationship with God, that we can begin to experience rest, right? That we can begin to experience, hey, this yoke fits a lot better, right? That, 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 is this what living is supposed to be like? Is living not supposed to be miserable and stressful and depressing 24-7? Can, can life be full and good and fun and joyful and peaceful? Yeah, it can be. Now, now when you put your trust in Jesus, it doesn't mean all your problems disappear or that every day is going to be super happy, fun time, right? There's still going to be tough days. It's still going to be hard, but you don't go through it alone. You've got Jesus, right? He can help you and he can give you real meaningful peace. He can give you real rest, right? He can take those burdens so that you don't have to carry them. And in the, in the picture of the yoke, you saw it, it's kind of, it's like a double harness, right? And that's often how it would be. Um, you know, you'd have two oxen pulling together, two cattle pulling together. Um, you know, when, when, when you're taking on Jesus' yoke, you, you're, you're yoked with him, right? So whatever you're going through, you're not going through it by yourself. You're going through it with Jesus. The same Jesus who said, everything must submit to me. God's given me power over everything. So whatever problem you're going through, it must submit to Jesus, who you're sharing life with, you're yoked with, you're connected with in life. Um, and when this life is over, it's, you, know, and, you know, Jesus is going to take you home to heaven to be with him forever. Uh, and that, that's the exchange. That's what God's offering. Uh, and I would love to pray with us tonight as we wrap up. Um, and if that's something that you have never prayed before, say, man, I've never put my trust in Jesus that way. I've never asked God to forgive me of my sins. I've, I've never asked God for his peace and his mercy and his forgiveness. And you want to do that tonight. And I'd love to pray with you about that. Right? Maybe you, you, you are a Christian or you would identify uh, as a follower of Christ or you grew up in church and you say, Matt, if I'm being really honest, I'm kind of far away from God right now and I want to reconnect to God tonight. Uh, or, or maybe I am a believer, but I feel like I'm carrying a lot of burdens that I know that he did not design me to carry. And I'd like to trade that away uh, tonight and receive God's peace and rest. I'd love to pray for all those things. So can we do something uh, here in this last moment together? Um, there is no right and wrong way to pray, but what I'm going to ask you guys to do uh, here in a minute, and Jackie's going to come play quietly. Would you guys just uh, close your eyes, um, just as, a, as, as, as respect to your neighbor. Um, close your eyes for a moment so that, that your neighbor can have privacy. Man, if they want to do business with God, they don't have to worry. Is someone looking at me? Is someone paying attention? If we could just close our eyes and focus on the Lord. Close our eyes and focus on God. God, thank you so much for your love for us, God. Thank you for loving us, God. Thank you that when you looked down and saw us, God, you were not content God, to see us far away from you, estranged from you. God, you were not content to see us carrying around all these burdens uh, that you did not design us to carry. God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to do for us what we can never do for ourselves. Thank you for saving us, God. Jesus, thank you. Like we sang in the worship song earlier, thank you for the cross. Jesus, thank you for dying for us.